Welcome to LaGrave Avenue CRC's Sermon Podcast. We live in a world that thrives off of the fear of scarcity, but God offers us abundance, no matter what our labor. You're listening to Labor That Lasts by Reverend Ruth Bovin. So our scripture reading this morning is Isaiah 55, and we'll be reading just the first five verses of Isaiah 55. Hear God's word. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a ruler and a commander of the peoples. Surely you will summon nations you know not, and nations you do not know will come running to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So these early verses of Isaiah 55 can conjure up for me the memory of my family dinner table. Some of you know that for most of my growing up years, there were 10 of us around that table. It was a place of a whole lot of noise, a place of laughter and tears, a place of teasing and torment, and sometimes even kindness. It was a place where we connected and and caught up, albeit in an often chaotic way. It was also a place where I never doubted that there would be enough food. I don't remember ever wondering, even once, if there would be enough for me to eat. As a way to show love to us, and because she could, my mom always made plenty of food for us and more. There would often be pots, big pots of food, setting right in the middle of our table. Almost always one of them filled to the brim with mashed potatoes. Yum. And there was always enough. There was always enough food for us. And in addition, enough for any others who might just stop by at dinner time, which surprisingly happened quite often. I never thought that much about the way my family did dinner until I would eat at my best friend's house. She was a trailer in her family. Her older siblings were essentially out of the house in the years that we rode our bikes all around town and did cartwheels in our backyards. 
But eating dinner at my best friend's house was an entirely different experience. At her house, her mom made exact portions. If there were four of us for dinner, there were four potatoes, usually boiled and sitting already on our plates when we sat down. There were exactly enough vegetables for us to each have a portion, and the same went for whatever meat was being served that evening. I remember wondering, with a growling stomach, if that seemingly scant amount of food was actually going to be enough to feed us all. What I'd say now is that I was looking at that situation with a lens of scarcity. We all do that. We all have a tendency to operate in life wearing lenses of scarcity. We look at a situation and we wonder, will there be enough? Will there be enough help to complete this project? Will there be enough time for me to do everything that needs to happen in this week? Will there be enough in the budget when the coronavirus is finally under control? Do I have enough capacity to meet the needs of the people in my life? Am I smart enough for college? Am I skinny enough to fit in with the cool girls? Am I strong enough to endure what's ahead? Do I have enough faith to please God? Is there enough? And am I enough? Are questions that accompany us throughout our lives, especially in a society that screams scarcity. You see, our world wants to feed on those questions and that feeling that you have. Nike wants you to believe you don't have enough because the one who dies with the most shoes wins. L'Oreal hopes that you're convinced that only a wrinkle-free you could actually gain new friends. The lens of scarcity would have us believe that we're not enough and that in our world there is not enough to go around. And so you'd better buy, you'd better labor harder, You'd better achieve more, grab as much as you can, and do whatever it takes to get you to where you want to be. Today, Isaiah's prophetic vision invites us to put on some different lenses. And just as it did to the distressed exiles to whom Isaiah preached, Isaiah's prophetic vision meets our society. And it's like a cool breeze in the heat of a barren wilderness because it offers us a glimpse of a different world. 
a better world. A world that we can see more clearly when we take off the lens of scarcity and put on the lens of abundance. Come, says God, to all who will listen. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come by and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Brothers and sisters, I hope you hear that invitation as the good news it is. Because it's a message for all people. It's a message for every person who has ever hungered for more. For more time. For more respect. For more security. For more strength. For more health. For more dignity. For more faith. And the very first bit of good news of this message is that God sees you and God hears the cry of your heart. Secondly, the good news of that message calls you to remember. To remember that from the beginning to the end of God's amazing story and on every single page is abundance. And that abundance is for all. You see, the Bible, the, the, the good news, the story that we love so much asserts that we originated in the expansive, unexplicable love of God who loved this world into generous being. When we celebrate baptism together, like we did this morning with little Oliver, we declare that each of us has been miraculously loved into existence by God. And that because of God's abundant love and grace, our lives will also end in God. And nothing in between can separate us from that indestructible love. Well, turning the page to the New Testament, we see more of that generous love. As everywhere that Jesus goes in his ministry, he keeps demonstrating that God's kingdom of abundance has broken in and is now transforming this world of scarcity. The blind receive sight. The lame walk. The outcast lepers are cleansed. The poor are freed from debt and bondage. The thirsty are given living water. And the hungry, bread. You know, when Jesus took the little five loaves and two fish lunch of a child 
and with it fed a multitude of hungry people. Jesus was showing us that our world with God in it is filled with more than enough and infused with divine generosity. In fact, Jesus himself declares that the economy of the kingdom of God is not about limiting and measuring and grasping and hoarding, but about unearned, unimaginable goodness and generosity. And not because of our own labor, but because of God's unrelenting love and grace. The prophet Isaiah indicates that God's abundant grace is also for nations and peoples beyond the people of Israel. You see, in God's economy, nobody can earn the gifts of God. Notice there is no price tag on the water and the wine and the milk and the bread. They are the gifts of God for anyone who will receive them with a grateful heart and with open hands. Friends, open hands is the currency of God's kingdom. God's abundance can only be humbly received and then shared with those we might be surprised to find at God's table. Which is what I want to think about for the last few minutes of this sermon. Years ago, I read an article in the November Banner. The banner is the periodically put out by our, is the periodical put out by our denomination. The author encouraged folks, as part of their gratitude to God, to invite someone they knew who was poor or who was marginalized in society into the circle of those who would be around their Thanksgiving table. His next line said this, If you don't personally know anyone who fits that description, your circle of friends is too small. What a good challenge. A challenge to be like God in our generosity. A challenge to be like Jesus in who we invite to our tables. Which calls to mind for me Father Gregory Boyle, who in his wonderful book, Tattoos on the Heart, tells the story of gang members in L.A. who Boyle not only works to free from generational poverty and violence, but with whom he also falls in love. Boyle, wearing the lens of God's abundance, humanizes these men and women striving for fuller life. Boyle tells the story of an ex-gang member named Lencho, who was essentially tattooed from head to toe. 
Lencho gets released from serving 10 years and cannot find a job. So Father Boyle arranges some work for him, as he has done for hundreds of ex-gang members. And Lencho went to work in a silkscreen factory, which Boyle developed for just this purpose. He called Lencho the next day to see how it had gone. Lencho said, full of human dignity. Yesterday, after work, I'm sitting at the back of the bus, dirty and tired, and I mean, I just couldn't help myself. I kept turning to total strangers, just coming back, first day on the job. He turns to another, just getting off my first day of work. Boyle says he tells me this, and I can't help imagine the people on the bus, half wondering if mothers are clutching their kids more closely. Yet the other thing that comes to mind for Boyle are words from the prophet Jeremiah. In this place, of which you say it is a waste, there will be heard again the voice of mirth, the voice of gladness, the voice of those who sing. I pray to wear the lenses of Father Boyle. Friends, God's invitation to come and eat and drink without money and without cost is a gift of generosity beyond our human imagining. All of us who come, come empty-handed to receive bread from hands that were pierced for our transgressions and are now raised in blessing for all who are hungry and thirsty. And what those hands offer us is true life and image of God dignity and hope and forgiveness. And please believe it, there is more than enough. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let's pray. Gracious God, for your abundance of grace, for your good gifts, for salvation free in Jesus, we thank you. Help us live grateful lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grave Avenue CRC's Sermon Podcast.